So my next appointment was on the 24th, the following Monday. So after having a good week, my blood pressure levels is okay at home. You know what I'm saying? We're doing good. I go in. Same thing. Blood pressure through the roof. Go to the hospital. We get admitted. I, I'm like, what is going on here? What is really going on? What is really happening? But today I have a, we have a, she's like 15 weeks. Um, so she's three months old. Should be four months on the 27th. And... I just wanted to come and tell y'all about our birth story. I want to give y'all some backstory um, because I think that it is very important uh, for me personally to document this for myself, not only for myself, but for other women, especially black women who may be giving birth, maybe pregnant, maybe trying to get pregnant um, <laughs> because my experience was not like a lot of people's experience. Um, it was all new to me, of course, but I went through things that even people around me haven't gone through. First of all, just I'm going to preface this with, um, and some of y'all already may know, but my baby Hendrix, she blessed us with her beautiful presence, um, five weeks and one day early. So she was born at 34 weeks and six days gestation. Uh, she was three pounds, 12.9 ounces, and she was born on August 27th, 2020. And she was due on October 2nd, 2020. So at my 32 week appointment, um, if you, well, I won't even, whatever. So right around the time I was probably like 20, between 27 and 32 weeks, I decided to change my care from an OBGYN to a team of midwives at a birthing center. Okay. Um, however, at my 32 week appointment with the midwives, my blood pressure was like crazy high for the first time ever in my, in my pregnancy. It was crazy high. And so they started watching me more closely. So I ended up taking off of work. I had to get a lot of blood work done. I had to go back to the midwives a couple times that week. Um, and eventually I was diagnosed with gestational hypertension. Now that diagnosis will put me into the high risk category for my pregnancy, meaning that I was no longer a good candidate for the birthing center. And this was something that was really hard for me to take because that was a goal of mine from the very beginning. Even before we were ever pregnant, I wanted to give birth at a birthing center or possibly at home with a midwife. I really wasn't comfortable with the idea of birthing in a hospital. Um, for various reasons, which I can, I can get into in another video, another time, maybe. Um, but I wasn't really comfortable, and I definitely wasn't comfortable giving birth here in the town where I live. Um, so I definitely cried. And the, and the birth vlog is some footage of me on that day um, when we were doing a non stress test and we listened to her heartbeat. I was, I was in there by myself. I did all these appointments by myself from like April, from like April, yeah. Um, but I was really sad about it because it wasn't in my plan. Even though like I was telling myself the whole time I was pregnant, I was like, you know, I'm not, it's not me. God is in control and Hendrix is leading the way. God is in control and Hendrix is leading the way through God, right? But I was still hurt about it. Like I was like, dang, I'm high risk. Like what does this even mean? I wasn't familiar with this. Um, so we were just going in new territory, going with God, going with God. So I was referred out to the high-risk OB team in Savannah. And the midwives are also in Savannah, so I was used to driving. We were, I, I didn't drive. We were used to going back and forth to Savannah, so we just had to go to another place in Savannah. We ended up having our first appointment on the 17th of August. And 
at that appointment, my blood pressure was even higher. Now, mind you, I was taking my blood pressure at home, but I was not getting the numbers that they were getting at the doctor. So it was frustrating me. It was stressing me out. It was frustrating me. It was frustrating my husband. You know, well, he had a lot of patience with it, but he was just, he was concerned for me. So we get to the doctor, you know, it's really high. Um, I was confused. And I was basically told that I need to leave that office, which is attached to the hospital, leave the office, go next door and tell them that, tell them who sent me and that I was being admitted into the hospital because they wanted me to do a 24 hour urinalysis, which is collecting all my urine for 24 hours and test it to see if there was protein in my urine. Because if there's protein in your urine while you're pregnant, then that would mean, well, a certain level of protein in your urine, that would mean that she would have preeclampsia, a condition during pregnancy with, in which you have dangerously high blood pressure levels. So we left there and we went to the hospital and the doctor actually told me, he was like, we're gonna, he was like, you're gonna go to the hospital. We're gonna give you two steroid shots in your butt. He said, boop, boop. <laughs> He was like, we're going to give you two steroid shots in your butt, boop, boop, and you're going to be induced on Friday at 34 weeks. Because at this point, I was 33 weeks in a couple of days. So Friday, every Friday would make a new week for me during pregnancy. So I was going to be 34 weeks, and he said we would deliver at 34 weeks. So I was just like, okay. So I called. I went. So then they, when we do nothing, I'll stress test. So I'm just sitting there and they hook me up to the machine and, you know, we're listening to her heartbeat. She's fine. She's been fine the whole time. Oh, also at that appointment, they told me that she was small for her gestational age. So she was only at that point, three pounds, 11 ounces, they were guessing. And her, her head circumference was normal was normal for her gestational age so her head was you know on on track but her body was small and that it looked like she was experiencing some intrauterine growth restriction so that's when their growth is restricted in that's when their growth is restricted inside your uterus this is all news to me um i not i had not gotten any indication of this from the ob that i was at um i had not gotten any indication from this um, until I was at the midwives because that day that I was transferred out, she was like, you know, it looks like she's measuring a little small, but they'll be able to tell you more at the high risk OB. So I hadn't gotten any indication of that before this appointment, um, really. So it was just all a bunch of new information like your baby's too small, your blood pressure's too high, you're going to be induced, you're going to have a baby on Friday. When we, <laughs> when really we were not supposed to have a baby until like the end of September, beginning of October. And um, so anyway, we, went, we ended up being hospitalized. So when we got to the hospital, so I went downstairs with Tahira. I had called him from the from the doctor's office too, but I went downstairs with him. We prayed. We called, you know, I called uh, my co- one of my, one of my yeah, I called my lead counselor at work to let her know what was going on. And he had already called our moms and we were praying and we um, I got my breakfast because I hadn't had breakfast. So I ate some breakfast. I ate blueberries. I ate some blueberries and some granola and some yogurt. And we walked over and we went upstairs. And by the time I changed, we, we called God into the room. You know what I'm saying? We we welcomed his presence to, into the room. We called our pastor and we called our really good friends, um, Brandon and Porcelain. And we all prayed. We prayed with them. Um, and we just, you know, we were just at peace. It wasn't something we weren't crying. We weren't panicking. You know, it was just, it was what it was. And we were just going to see what was going on. So I got in the bed. I had changed and everything. I got in the bed and 
when our nurse, um, Lauren, came to check our blood pressure, check my blood pressure, it had went down to a normal range at that point. So it was like 121. Was it even 120? It dropped. It dropped down to healthy range. So it was maybe 120 over like 70 something. Um, and she was like, "Well, dang, girl!" And I was like, "Girl." <laughs> Look at God. <laughs> and so then, you know, she was like, well, why is you here? <laughs> and I told her what happened. And she was like, that's crazy. You know, but, you know, we're going to take care of you. You know, we're going to keep an eye on it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to check it every hour and all that. So every I was getting good blood pressure readings every hour, every hour. And I still had to stay overnight because I still had to collect that urine for them. So I was using the bathroom and they were collecting the urine. Um, and I had to do that for 24 hours. So I definitely was going to be there until about 3.30, 4 o'clock the next day. Um, and then time to get the lab back to see what was going on. So we got it. So the next day we got it back and my level was like two something. And I think it has to be like three or more, 300 or more. Um... And, you know, in order to be diagnosed with preeclampsia. So I was not diagnosed with preeclampsia and I was, we were released and the plan was for us to be healthy, lay low, be good and deliver at 37 weeks. So we could have a full term baby, but, you know, still get her out as soon as possible because the only cure for preeclampsia the only cure for gestational hypertension is to deliver the child, whether that be through C-section or vaginally. So we knew that we would have to have her before her due date, but we wanted, the doctors wanted us to wait as long as possible. And at the doctor's office that day, I did ask him, I was like, well, does this mean that I have to have a C-section? Because that was something that I didn't want to do because I feel like sometimes that's something that's more forced on, on women than, you know, a choice that they make. And so I didn't want, I didn't want that to be the case. I don't want to feel like I had to do that. And he said, he was like, no, 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 no. You can, you can try to deliver vaginally. You know, I had three women last week in your position. Two of them were successful in delivering vaginally. One, she did have to have a C-section, even though she did try to deliver vaginally. So if you can do it, we want you to do it. That's what we want too. And I was like, well, praise the Lord. Cause that's something that I was really nervous about with delivering with doctors or a team, a doctor or a team of doctors at a hospital. So anyway, we went home. Um, I did not go back to work. I started on maternity leave. So my next appointment was on the 24th, the following Monday. So after having a good week, my blood pressure levels is okay at home. You know what I'm saying? We're doing good. I go in. Same thing. Blood pressure through the roof. Go to the hospital. We get admitted. I, I'm like, what is going on here? What is really going on? What is really happening? So I'm back in the hospital. We and then we didn't even bring like I was like T should we bring clothes because you know I I'm scared we might get I'm I don't know I'm a little nervous we might get hospitalized again he was like no we were like nah 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 let's by faith we're not bringing no clothes by faith we're not bringing any anything we just going because we know we're gonna come back home and deep in my spirit I felt it I was like oh no but I didn't want it to be I didn't want to act off of fear so we ain't bring no clothes we ain't bring, we ain't bring no overnight stuff we bring not, not a toothbrush. Nothing, nada, no prenatal vitamins, nothing. We bring it up. We bring it in. Nothing. And over that weekend, I did get a few higher blood pressure readings, but they were not in the range where they told me, you know, like, if you get this, you need to call us. If you get this, you need to call us. So I was like, it's fine. Maybe I'm just a little stressed, I'm a little high strong, whatever. Girl, I get to the hospital. 
the doctor's office right by is connected to the hospital. I get there, my blood pressure is even higher than it was the first time that I went to that doctor. Girl, they was like, okay, Miss Mr. Laney. <laughs> um you gonna set another personal record, so we going, we going immediately. You're going to the hospital, and we're gonna do the same thing again, and we're gonna see what's wrong. So, after setting a personal record for my blood pressure yet again, I went to the hospital yet again. The immediate blood work that they took at the doctor was normal, but I did have to do another 24-hour urine at the hospital. So the next day. The doctor came in and she was like, she said, well, your, your, the results of your analysis, she said the results of your urinalysis came back and your levels are 4,000, over 4,000. And I was like, dang, that's twice as much as I had last time. Cause I'm thinking 400. She said 4,000. She said, no, she said that's 10 times as much as it was last time. And I was like, what? I'm like, I don't feel any different. They, they're asking me. Are you, is your vision blurry? Are you seeing black spots? Do you have pain under your, under your right, in your right, right quadrant? Um, do you get, are you getting dizzy? Do you just feel weird? On Sunday, that Sunday before the, the last appointment, I did feel a little weird, but I rested and then I felt fine. So I'm, I don't have any of these symptoms of preeclampsia. However, my body is telling them something else. My body is like, help, 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 help. But you know, me, I, I wouldn't have been able to say like something's wrong. They, God, God placed me on the right path. As I said before, the only cure to preeclampsia, which I, I was diagnosed with at that moment, and she said it was 10 times as much. She said that's more than enough for a preeclampsia diagnosis. Severe, she said severe preeclampsia diagnosis. Mind you, this is one week later after getting a fairly normal level for my urinalysis, you know, enough to, for them to be like, it's okay, we don't have to keep you here, but we're going to keep an eye on you every week and we're going to still deliver early, but just we don't have to deliver now. But at this point, now, a week later, the the prognosis is you have severe pre-E, we're inducing you tonight and you're going to have this baby as soon as possible. He was getting something to eat. So I called him and I had to tell him again, like, because the same, I had the same conversation last week, like, we're about to have this baby, you know, we need this, we need that. So we had made a list and I shared it with him on my um, notes in our phone and we, I had listed everything that we needed. So he went to Target and bought everything that we felt like we needed for to be here for the week and deliver and, you know, be able to take her home eventually. Um, but we knew that we weren't going to, we knew that we weren't going to take her home immediately because we, they, we already knew she was going to be in the NICU. So they, the week before they had given me steroid shots and that was going to help her lungs. And it did. She was breathing on her own from birth. She just needed oxygen for a, a little while, like less than 24 hours. And then she was good. Um, and so that night I was induced we, well, the, the, the process was started that night. So that was on the 25th and then she was here on the 27th. All the things in between y'all pretty much saw on the vlog. Um, we, I labored for over 36 hours without an epidural, um, through some very, 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 very extremely painful, painful contractions okay and i mean the contractions were coming like when you're induced when your body naturally says okay i'm ready to have the baby that's different than them inducing you with you know hormones so first i got a we did they they put a, a pill inside of my um service to soften it so that to soften it to help uh get myself get get dilated and 
then they gave me a Foley bulb catheter. It's called Foley bulb. And it is, there's no hormones in it or anything. It it dilates you using pressure. So they put it inside you and then it grows. Now that, the process of them putting it inside of me, because we were at, a, we're, we, we gave birth at a teaching hospital. So this doctor who I like to call shaky hands, she was trying to find my service and sis, she didn't know where it was. It was uncomfortable. It was bad. It, it was painful. Like my butt hurt for a couple of, my butt hurt for a while after that. Because she didn't know what she was doing. And the other doctor finally had to step in and like find it and, and, and get it get it in there and get me scared away. So then the nurse, one of my nurses, took the Foley bulb out early. She took it out. It's supposed to fall out. But she was like, she tugged on it and she was like, oh, it's ready. And she yanked it out. It didn't hurt. But they came and told me, you know, like, oh, actually, you're not dilated enough. So we're going to do the Foley bulb again. So they put it in, signed me again, a new one. And eventually it did follow a couple of hours later while I was in the bathroom. So I kept, ha- I like, when I was pregnant, I had to pee like every 10 minutes. Like it was bad. It was bad. And immediately after giving birth, when I, when I peed for the first time, like the, it was, I could fully empty my bladder. It was just totally different because she was just on my bladder the whole time. So, um, I labeled for 30, 36 hours with no medication. Um, and that was through, cause after the Foley bulb, um, they then started me on Pitocin and that what, that is what started the really painful contractions. And you can see my birth vlog, me like trying to breathe through it. It was so painful. And my friend did tell me that it's more painful cause she's had both experiences. It's more painful being induced and having that Pitocin, you know, you know, every, cause they give it to you every so often and they start you on the lowest dose, but it's still very painful. And there's a difference between having that, you know, them giving you the Pitocin and it's your body naturally giving it to you. And so also I was on a magnesium IV drip for my preeclampsia because with preeclampsia, there's a higher risk of strokes in the mom. Um, Because the danger is really to me rather than the baby with preeclampsia because I could have strokes, um, heart attacks, you know, because of the high blood pressure. So they were giving me magnesium to combat that so that I didn't have any strokes. And I was put on that as soon as I was hospitalized. I was put on that. And so I was on that magnesium all week. And so the magnesium actually, which they told me while I was while I was while I was in labor, it works against you it works against you giving birth as well. So, you know, the magnesium was working against me. Um, I had other medications going on for my high blood pressure and then they were, and then I had the Pitocin. So it was all, it was kind of like a give and take, like a push and pull type of deal. It wasn't like my body was fully into it and we were all, it was, you know, all my, everything's working together to deliver this child. It was some things working against me. So, um, it was very painful and it took a, it was a very long, long laboring process. Uh, but they never pressured me to get the epidural. They, they did ask me, you know, they told me like, this is available to you if you would like it. This, you know, we're going to, we're getting to this point and at some point it's going to be, you know, we're going to be past the line of no return and you're going to be able to get it, but you can still get it now. So they were telling me I could still get it. Um, and they never pressured me about a C-section. It was all just very, very, a very slow and patient process i think that that was very i know that's very important and god really answered my prayers in that because that's something that i feared that i 
I, I guess I can say fear. That's something. That, that's just something that I knew I needed in my delivery. No matter where I was at, I needed people, a team who was going to listen to me, advocate for me, and not try to push me into any interventions that are just that were just not necessary. Um, so a lot of people do ask me because she was born early and she was in the NICU, did we have a C-section? And the answer is no. We were able to have a vaginal birth. Now, I did decide to get the epidural. <laughs> Because your girl was tired. I was tired. I was in pain. You could tell. My friend text, my, one of my friends texted me. She was like, on day three, you was through. I said, I have no girl. Tuesday. I didn't give birth till Thursday night. We started the process Tuesday night, like right at 11 o'clock. I didn't give birth till Thursday night at 7.49 p.m. I was tired. I was tired. And I knew that I needed, needed the epidural to get over the hump, get some rest. Like, I got the epidural. I was able to sleep. I hadn't slept. I I had not slept since the contraction started. And they were coming. Like, not every five minutes or whatever they tell you in these videos. They were coming every 30 seconds. 30, like... I mean, back to back to back to back. So I was tired, bro. My husband was tired. Like at one point I had to tell him like, hey, I know you're tired, but I need you to be present here. I need you I need you here. I don't need you sleeping. I can't watch you sleep. I'm in pain. Track these contractions. <laughs> and so I did decide to get the epidural after a while. It was a wonderful decision. I do not regret it. We... um were able to take a nap. I took a nap. He took a nap. I was still able to move my legs. The epidural really didn't. I guess they gave me a really small dose. I don't know. And I was able to press the button to, when I needed it. But I was able to move my legs. I was able to walk immediately after giving birth. I didn't have any problems in that area. Um, and so one of my nurses, uh, she helped me get into different positions to labor in. So I was on like with my booty up in the air on my stomach, um, on my side. She changed my bed to where it was like a shape, like a chair, all kind of different things um, to help me help me, you know, in my body get in tune for the laboring process. So that was really, really nice and really helpful. Um, and to hear watch me get the epidural, I of course, I couldn't see, but he, he watched the whole thing. So after almost 48 hours of labor, um, we were able to experience a vaginal delivery. Now, without the support of my husband, the support of the team of, of doctors that I had, they wanted me to deliver vaginally just as much as I wanted to deliver vaginally. And like I had nurses who was coming in and they was like, yeah, like <laughs> when I finally gave birth, they was like, yeah, on my shift on, on, on shift on Wednesday, you know, when I left, you were still at a, like a three because I wasn't dilating for a long time either. That was another thing. I was not like my, like my service was like, nah, sis, it's not going to happen and they were like yeah when when I left you were you you know you hadn't moved and you know so I'm just really glad that you were able to do it. I'm proud of you you know the team they were like wow you did it I'm proud of you I was like okay really without the support of the nurses the doctors and the whole team there without their support and me having a vaginal delivery it really could have gone a whole different way she awake Bless you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Love you. Have fun. No, it's just look boss. Okay. See you later. Later. Although our original plan was to deliver at the birthing center, I knew that God was in control and that Hendrix was the showrunner and that I was just a vessel. So when I started having blood pressure issues, 
I did not fight it. I I grieved that plan and that that hope that I had. I allowed myself to feel that, but I knew that that wasn't the safest place for us. So that's not where I wanted. That was no longer where I wanted or needed to be. And God placed me with us with a wonderful team of doctors and nurses who valued my voice, who advocated for me, and who were patient with us so that we could still have a wonderful and peaceful birthing experience. And that is something that I will forever be grateful for. It was a crazy experience, but it led us to this little girl that you hear (laughs) over to my left. And so I'm just grateful. I don't have any, any, I can't be anything else but grateful and thankful. And we have the book. The bean. <laughs> That's all I have for this video for y'all. That is my birth story. Please be sure to like this video, comment down below, and share this with a friend. Share with a friend. Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy, sis. Um, I will see y'all next week. And until next time, bye. Say bye-bye.